Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. You've made the best decision you could possibly make by tuning your ear to the Word of God. I would love to invite you to stay updated with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Revival House Church. Father, bless this person and let the seed of the Word multiply 30, 60, and 100 times over in Jesus' name. I'm going to take you all through tonight. Uh, We're still continuing on this Pillars of Pentecost uh, series, but we're going to go into divine healing. Uh, That's what we're talking about tonight, divine healing. And so the first question I'd like to answer is, why can we trust God to be our healer? What what makes us have that ability? What what biblical... uh, what biblical information can we do to trust God that he, that he is our healer? And so I'm going to start out in Ezekiel, uh, Exodus 15, 26. And this is what it says. It, it says, he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commandments and keeping his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sit on, sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you so it he says i am the lord that heals you it is not just it's not just what god does it is simply who he is so we can trust god to come forth and do what do what he do what it is because it is who he is it's not just something that he does and he can pick whether he's going to do it or whether he's not no it's his very nature so every time that we fall under the right conditions he he comes through every single time because it is who he is it's not about whether he wants to choose you to do it to or not it's it's about he is that guy he is god who heals you and in, in the, uh, I think the Hebrew, it says that, you know, right there, instead of it saying, for I am the Lord that heals you, it, it says he is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, which means God, our healer. And so it's God, our healer. It's not just the Lord that heals you, because that sounds like a statement where it's, you know, God who heals you. It sounds like that's what he does. But if you look at it in the Greek, it, it really shows you that it's not just what he does, but it is who you are. It is God, our healer. It is, he is our healer. And so it's not, it's not that God, it's not that God heals people, but it's the fact that he is the healer of people, okay? Get that. He is the healer of people. And so I'm just trying to get this in your heads that he is our healer. He is the source of healing. And so, you know, Lester, I read a quote from Lester Summerall that says this. Most people read the benefits that are promised in the Bible, in the word of God, but fail to read the conditions. They fail, they read, oh, God, God's my healer. You know, God's this and God's that. And, you know, that, that is true. God is your healer. God is your provider. God is the one who has more than enough. But there are conditions. And that's what most people don't understand. They're saying, I'm praying that God will heal me. I'm praying that God will be my healer. But they, 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 they don't take the chance to examine their life and, and see, am I walking in those conditions? And so, and so today, I'm going to give you seven conditions to being healed and whole, or just whole, um, in, in other words. But number one, and, and, and four of these are based on what we just read in Exodus fifteen twenty six. 
It says, if you diligently hear, I had a typo there, but hear the voice of God and acknowledge him as God. So to diligently hear the voice of God means to acknowledge him as God and to live free from idolatry. Now, most people have this misconception that idolatry is just serving other gods, serving Buddha, serving, uh, I don't even know any more gods than that, but I can't think of any of them. Uh, Allah, serving Allah, serving Shiva, I think is one, but serving other gods. But that's not, that's not the truth. The idolatry is serving anything more than God, putting anything above that place in your life that's, that's above God. It could be your iPhone. It could be food. It can be a PlayStation. It can be an Xbox. It, it can be books that, you know, aren't bringing glory to God. It can be anything. Anything can become an idol. So, you know, and, you know, that's one of the conditions of being healed is making sure that you're not serving any gods. Well, how, can, how you know, you're saying, how can I say that? Well, Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And so many people, they'll look at that. Well, the benefit, the Bible says that God will give me everything I need. But the first part, that's the condition. It says that seek the kingdom of God above all else. And so the condition is seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then once you fulfill the conditions, then God comes forth on his part when you're fulfilling these conditions and gives you the benefits. He gives you everything you need, which includes healing. That is, you know, we can't go through life struggling. We can't do the things that God calls us to do if we're not walking in this divine health that I'm, t- I'm telling you all about today. It, we are needed to have healthy, healthy bodies in order to do the things he called. That's why you can look at back in Exodus when God called the people out of Moses, out of, not out of Moses, out of Egypt and he called, calling them into the promised land and see that there were none feeble among them. Why? Because you cannot be whimpered over walking like this when you're running from an army. Army. He, he made none feeble. The old, the old people were, were young. They were, they were strong. And, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's one example that when God calls us to do something, when we'll walk in the conditions that he told us, which, which this is in that same, the same book that that was in. So when he, when he told, he tells us that if you will follow unto these conditions, I am your healer. I will keep you whole. I will make you whole. And there will be no feebleness among you. And you can go forth and do the things that I've called you to do. That is the truth. And so with, so no, no idols. So do not serve idols. But seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And he'll give you everything you need. So live righteously. That brings me to, to point number two. To live righteous in his sight. So that means to be godly in life and conduct. And check this out. As God himself would have you live. And how can, how can we look at that? We can look at the example of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, who literally lived a life here on this earth as God, and we can see that that is the life that he wants us to live. And so, and so we, we are to live in, in, the God, in the godly and life and conduct as God would have you live. Now, some, some people are like, well, how do we know? Whether how God wants us to live. It's in the book of instruction right here. It's in the Bible. He 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 gives you blueprints. You don't just have to go around wondering. 
how am I supposed to live? He, that would, he, would make, he would be an unjust God if he didn't give you the ways to live, and then he sent you to hell. But he gave you the ways that you are to live. And so, which bring, so, so with that being said, so sin always and will always lead to sickness, disease, and death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And then it goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And then so I'm going to, but living a life of righteousness is a key to living a healthy life. And so we can, we can find an example of this in Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then, so, so don't be impressed with your own wisdom. That's. And, and fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Those are the conditions and the benefits. It says, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. That is the benefit of, of turning away from evil and fearing the Lord and not being impressed with your own wisdom. And when you do that, see, God has all these promises. And like I said earlier, Lester Summerall said, people will read the benefits and want the benefits, but fail to get the benefits because they're not living the lives under the condition that God wants them to live. And so, and, and the third condition that I'm going to give you all today, it's to give ear to his commandments. So basically, to, to listen to his commandments, to follow his commandments, that's what it means to give ear to his commandments. I know that's a very weird way to put it, but just listen to, follow his commandments, listen to his commandments. And so we're going to, I preach a lot out of the Bible. Everything, I'm just going to bring the Bible because you can't go wrong with that. And so here we go, another Bible verse. Y'all are getting fed the word tonight. Amen. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Pause. That is the condition. Those who, who do not follow the advice of the wicked, stand around with sinners, join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. When they meditate on it and they follow it, guess what? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. It goes on to say, I'm going to turn there because I did not add enough verses, but it's okay. And then it, it says, they're like trees planted along the river. Oh, it's because of it, a page break. Uh, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. So what kind of tree... What kind of tree has leaves that are withering? One that's maybe sickly or weak. It's a weak tree. But the strong, healthy trees, they have tree and they have they have leaves that never wither, that that prosper. Those trees bear fruit in each season. Not the ones that are that are that are wilted over, look like they just got done almost getting chopped down and going through a hurricane themselves. No, but the ones that look like they're, they're brute and they're strong, and, and those are the ones that you say, okay, that's a good tree. The other ones, you're like, oh, that one's about to die. And so, and so that's an example right there. It says, when you meditate on the law, or you take delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, then, 
They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. And so, you know, so we have to make sure that we are following the commandments of God. That's why we have to, you know, delight on them day and night because we have to make sure that we are following them so that we can be a tree that is, that is prospered in, in every season and that's, that's bearing fruit and that's strong and not one that is, that is weak and, and, and sickly. No, because if we follow those commandments, it, like I said, it's a key to, to walking in that strength and in that health. Condition number four, keep his statutes. So what does that mean? To receive his regulations concerning religion and civil life and consecrate to the same end in life that God himself is consecrated to, which is the highest life for all. So when we keep his statutes, it is God's will for us to live the highest life for all. And whenever we live the life that's consecrated as he is consecrated, holy as he is holy, because those words are interchangeable. When we're holy as he is holy and we keep his statutes and, and we follow the ways that he wants us to follow, when we follow the way that Jesus did because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him, and whenever we do, do the things that Jesus did because that's what we're called to do, that's when we, we start walking in the same, the same anointing and the same power and the same, in the same health that Jesus had. We start, instead of us being sick, we go out and we cast sickness out of people. We go and start laying our hands on the sick and seeing them get healed. But we have to do these conditions to, you know, because nobody's going to want something that you, you, you can't give somebody something that you don't have. You have to have that divine healing. You have to have that power and that anointing before you can go out and give it. Because God, you know, God is the healer and he is the source, but he wants to use us as his vessels. Because otherwise, what would we be good for? We're just humans. Because God wants to use each and every person in here. And so, I want to show you all two quotes from Finnis Dake concerning this topic. It's, he said that no man can expect to be immune from sickness unless he meets the conditions. But every man can expect such blessings when he meets the conditions. So no man can expect to be immune from sickness unless he meets the conditions. But every man can expect such blessing when he meets the conditions. Why? Because God doesn't show favoritism towards one person or another. If one person does these conditions and the other person doesn't, well, this person's getting the cookie. But if this person's doing it and this person isn't, this person's getting the cookie. But if they're both serving the conditions, they're both going to get the cookie. And I know I'm saying cookie, but they're both going to get the benefits from what conditions they are, they're, they're looking for and they're making sure that they're in the right conditions to receive their benefit and I don't think these are just conditions to just receive healing but these are conditions that you can take and you can you can you can look into it and you know add tithes and offerings for for prosperity 
and, and et cetera. You know, it goes on and on and on. Why? Because the Bible isn't, isn't a liar. It, when it says that you can, you can prosper, it's not just talking about prospering in health. It's not just talking about prospering in wealth. It is talking about prospering in all you do, in health, in wealth, in business, in, in just a, a life, in joy, in peace, in the fruits of the Spirit, in all of it. But, so, no man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat this one more time, no man can expect to be immune from sicknesses unless he meets the conditions, but every man can expect such blessing when he meets the conditions. And then the next quote, I just, I just read these and it was awesome. And it says, sicknesses and disease were and still are special curses only when men do not will not obey or when they fail to understand God's provisions along this line and do not appropriate it by faith. By faith. So the thing about it is we can't just, you know, follow these conditions, these four ones right here. We have to understand that there is provisions that God gives to that God gives through certain vessels because he is the source, but he has certain instruments to get the things through to people the way that he, you know, is, is planned to give it to them. And, and so, and so he, he says, and do not appropriate it by faith. And so that gets me to point number five. Man, I am flying through these. Have faith in God. You have to have faith in God in order to receive your healing. And it's not, this isn't, none of these are minor things about it. It's not, well, if I don't, you know, follow his commands, but I have faith, I'm going to know that they are all, you need all of these. These are conditions that you need in order to receive your healing, in order to, to walk in that divine healing, free from sicknesses, free from diseases. So in order to have faith in God, we must understand what faith is. And I know a great book that you can read that will tell you all about it. It's Pastor John's new book, You Can Have Mountain Moving Faith. And I'm sure he used this verse that I'm about to read to you many times in it. And it's, it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. And I put this in the New King James Version for all who are wondering. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I'm going to use the same example that Pastor John uses because it's such a great example. And it's, you know, God showed him that, you know, faith is a substance. And so we think about it, you know, when our prayers go up to God, God sees them and he's like, okay, let me look at my will. Okay, this is my will for my, 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 uh, my child to have a car. Because that's the, that's the example that Pastor John always uses. It's my, it's my, it's my will that for my, my child to have a car because he needs a car to go, go forth and preach the gospel. So it's my will for this, this guy to have a car. And so he, he goes over here to this little box where they have all the materials and it's labeled faith. Well, if this box is empty, although it may be God's will to get this thing done, he can't grab anything out of this box because it's empty. You can't grab nothing out of, you know, out of nothing. Or you can't grab something out of nothing. You're going to grab nothing. But whenever you go to the box and God goes to the box, like this is a, an example. I'm not saying this is how he actually does it. I don't know. But... If he does, that's great. But he goes to this box called faith. And if there's substance in it, if there's faith in it, if there's that, that God-like faith, then he, he grabs that faith and he begins to, to mold the, 
the provision together and then he sends it to an instrument and, and the instrument delivers it because why there's this there's this cycle of faith because the person has that substance of faith because he, he's hoping for a car and it's substance and then the evidence comes before and he he's he's thanking god before it even arrives and it's the evidence of things not seen and so and so how does this tie in with with sickness and, and disease, and, but the opposite, walking in, 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 in healing and not in sickness and disease. In James 5, 14 through 15, it says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray for you, anointing you with, the, with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you ha have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So the prayer of faith is an important aspect for divine health. So let me tell you, when somebody comes to you and asks, hey, I know you're a Christian and I know that I've seen people pray, pray for the sick and see them healed. Will you pray for me? That's why we have to make sure that our faith is built up so that when somebody, somebody from the outside comes and asks you that, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm new to this thing. I, I heard that Jesus Christ can heal, but I need somebody to pray for me because, you know, I, I have this bad backache or, you know, et cetera. And, and so you have built up your faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so your faith is built up. Therefore, you have the faith in order to pray the prayer of faith for that person and see that person well. And boom, it's just like an, a glory, glory everywhere. <laughs> and so such a prayer offered in faith will Heal the sick. God made us a promise there. If we offer the prayer of faith, and, and, and so our prayer of faith, whenever we anoint them with oil in the, name of, uh, in the name of Jesus, it says that our prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so another example of somebody else using their faith, somebody using their faith to get healed, is Mark 5, 21 through 34. Bear with me. This is a long one. But it says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then the leader of the synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her to heal her so she can live. This is a great example. Jairus. He knew that Jesus was a healer, as he is, as he was, and how he, as he still is. He knew that. And so he came to Jesus saying, my daughter is sick. My daughter is dying. Come lay your hands on her. And so, you know, that was just an, an example of, of Jesus, you know, somebody coming up to Jesus who was a healer and who's given us the ability to lay our hands on the sick and see them recover. Um, and, but that's not the, the part of the story. I was just showing you all that. But either way, moving on. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, it had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch the robe, I will be healed. 
And so she went up and touched him. And it says immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. And then Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And then verse 31, it says, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and he felt, she, fell at, she fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And, she, and he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And so, you know, let me get to the, so Jesus felt healing power go out of him, which means what? Jesus had that healing power on the inside of him. You know, and I, and I love telling this because it's something that God showed me. But Jesus, it says that in, in, in the Bible, it says that Jesus, when he was baptized, it says that he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he was led out into the wilderness to go out and pray. And then it says that he was filled, when he came out of the wilderness, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same power used right there is that same power that is in Acts 1 and verse, or in Acts 1 8. And it says, when you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and so whenever we whenever we get baptized in the Holy Spirit and as pastor I think pastor John has has taught on that and um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit I know he has I don't think he has I know he has or else I, I myself might not be baptized in the Holy Spirit but either way you know it says that he, that that he came out filled with the power of the Holy Spirit which is why it's vitally important to be praying so that you never know when somebody's going to come and touch your robe in faith okay so just be aware to be filled with that power. And, and the disciples, they had to go out and seek God to get to receive that power. It didn't, it, didn't, they, it didn't just like, oh, okay, you said that, so we receive it. No, they were in Jerusalem seeking day and day and day. And they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you, you can look through the book of Acts and see where they went out and cast out devils and healed the sick. And so you have to be filled with that power. That same power that Jesus had, it's available to each and every person in here. Old, young, it doesn't matter. There's a story that I, I dearly love. I, I, don't know the name, I don't know the name of the guy, but he was, I think he was 14 years old. And, and, and he, tells this, he tells a testimony of how when he was 14 years old, he heard that as a Christian, we can raise the dead. And so he went out knocking on doors. This is, I think, in somewhere in Africa. He was riding his bike. He'd go knock on doors and ask, do you have any dead people in your house? I mean, that's a crazy question to ask. But he'd knock. Do you have any dead people in your house? Nope. Go to the next house. Do you got any dead people in your house? Nope. Go to the next. And then he ended up, you know, coming across one. And, and you know, he, he ended up raising that girl off the, 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 the deathbed. And it, it was, it's such a powerful testimony. Why? Because God's word is true. It says that we can go and lay our hands on the sick and see them recover. And that's the truth. And so, and so I want to I show you something really quickly. So some of the steps that she took to receive her healing is, well, A, she had to realize she had a desperate, a desperate condition. So she, she got tired of being sick and tired. 
And then she tried all the human remedies. She, it says that she went to all the doctors. And, and it says that she just got worse. And then it says that she spent all that she had. And then it says that she determined in her heart to touch Jesus. And then it says that, that she planned her procedure, meaning that she said, she thought to herself, okay, I'm going to crawl through this crowd. I'm going to go and touch the fringe of his garment, and I'm going to get healed. So she heard about Jesus. She determined in her heart to touch Jesus. She planned it out to go and do it. And then she, she didn't just say she was going to do it. She exercised her faith by actually pushing through this crowd, regardless of how weak she was. She was so desperate for that healing that she went out and did everything she could to go and receive it. And then it says that she was instantly healed. She knew that she was healed. And then lastly, they made the complete confession that her faith has made you well. Go in peace. The suffering is over. In verse 34, it proves that personal faith will receive what it believes. So if you believe, you can go and you can seek God and he's going to heal you. Guess what? That's what you'll receive. Because personal faith will receive what it is believing for. When you, when you meet the conditions, you have to meet the conditions. And so... But the vast difference between the woman with the issue of blood and you is this, that Jesus has already paid for it all. So you don't have to go out and waste your money on doctors and natural remedies and and go and, and get your suffering to get worse before you can get your healing. You can tap into that healing today, this very day. You can end your suffering by doing the same thing, by going out and seeking the one and only God and saying, enough is enough. I choose to walk in healing. He paid for it all. In Isaiah 53, 5, this was prophecy of this fulfillment. It says, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. It says, he was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. He wasn't just whipped just to take the death of deaths for no reason. There was a, a reason for every lash, every, every pierce, everything that Jesus took, he took it for a reason. And that reason was so that you can walk in divine healing, so that you can walk in prosperity, and so that you can walk in the righteousness of God. And in 1 Peter 2.24, it talks about the same thing, but this is a New Testament uh, thing saying it too. It says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. And it says by his wounds, you are healed. It's not you're going to be healed. You are healed. That healing is already belongs to you as a Christian. You just have to step into it. And so condition number six is this. So, so whenever, you, whenever you say, okay, I'm going to seek God with my whole heart, with my whole mind, and, and all this, and you, and you say that, you, stay, you have to stay true to the confession of faith, which you have confessed, and you have to make sure that you put actions behind what you are saying. And I'm going to prove this to you by James 3, 1 through 6. It says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you, okay, I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to skip that part. Okay, verse 2. It says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing but makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting itself in its entire body. And it can set your whole life on fire for it. It's, yeah, whatever. But that's not, the, <laughs> that's not the point I'm trying to get to you. You're the, what, what you speak, as Pastor John preached on a couple weeks ago, what you speak out is going to be what, you, what comes in. If you speak out, I, oh, man, I just feel terrible today. I just, I just don't feel like doing anything. I just feel like I, I just can't today. I have this terrible headache. My stomach hurts. My leg, my feet hurt because I've been standing up, scanning, scanning cans of beans all day. You know, whatever. That is going to be your portion. Why? Because you have control over what goes on in your life by your tongue. Just as that small bit can control a horse, your tongue controls what goes in and out of your life. You choose to speak life or you choose to speak death, as it says. Today I've given you the choice between life and death. Oh, that I pray that you would choose life, says the Lord. Speak life into your life. Don't speak death into your life. Don't speak I'm getting too old. Speak I, I feel greater than I did when I was 13 years old. I feel like I can run a marathon. <laughs> Regardless of how you feel. The Bible says your words, or it says that the, uh, man, it says something, okay? <laughs> I think it says something like good words are, are, are medicine, are healing to the body, or something like that. But it's in Proverbs. You can find it, and it's great. But either way, it says something, and it's great. Okay? So go and read it, and you'll find out for yourself how great it is. But either way, James, so not only, not only do you have to stay true to the confession, but the Bible says that faith without works is dead. We have faith without the actions to prove it is dead. She didn't only, the, the woman with the issue of blood didn't only say to herself that I'm going to go and touch the fringe of Jesus' robe and I'm going to get healed. Guess what she did? She also did it. She went out and touched the fringe of Jesus' garment and received her healing. And so James 2, 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it? By your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? You have to prove your faith by your actions. Your actions will prove your faith. And so, and next, James 1, 22. Okay, what the heck? It says... Don't just listen to God's word, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. So it's not just about hearing the word of God, but that, that does build your faith, but also doing what it says. Because then you start walking in those conditions, and then you can start living in those benefits. Don't just hear the benefits and hear the conditions and, don't, and, and just do nothing with them. Go and make sure your life is walking in those conditions. So therefore, you can grab a hold of those benefits and run with them. Amen. And so next, the, and so don't just speak about it, 
Do it, seek God diligently and receive a touch for him, just like the woman with the issue of blood. Healing is even more your portion today because Jesus took those 39 lashes upon his back so that you can re receive it. Don't let those 39 lashes be wasted. Amen. And so the seventh and final condition, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, share this, and uh, it's awesome, but it's give God Oh, wait, go, take that back. Go back. Go back. I saw that. It says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. Speak kind words to yourself every day you wake up, even regardless of how you feel. You could feel like the most gropiest and ropiest and, and nopiest that day. But tell yourself, I feel great. Today is going to be a great day. And watch yourself completely turn it around. I, I mean, I can testify about that so an extraordinary amount of times. Why? Because you're going you're gonna to be tested for everything that you believe. If you're going to believe the word of God and believe that God is a healer and that you can walk in divine healing, you're going to be tested for it. But when you're going through that testing, take it as great joy. Speak those kind words to yourself and go on with it and stay true to that, that confession and complete the actions. If you say, I feel like, if I, you know, if you, if you don't feel the greatest, but you go and you say, oh, I feel great, and you start walking, watch that sickness just fall off you like that. It hap it's happened to me many times. I mean, there was this one time I, I had this, like, stomach virus that at one point I I had this thing for two weeks. This was before I was saved. I, I, I used to get this stomach bug for like two weeks every year. And they tried to come on me uh, like the first year I was saved. I said, uh-uh. And I said, I feel great. I'm going to walk in this power of God. And I said, I'm going to just go about my day the way that God wants me to do it. And it was gone. It just vanished. Because the thing about it is, if you stay true to that confession and you take actions to prove it, your faith is not dead, but your faith is alive. And there is materials in the box that God can bring that provision to you. So, condition number seven. Give God praise and thanksgiving. And I'll tell you this. This is a vital key. Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a story right here. In Luke 17, 11 through 19. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So at this point, these ten men are obeying, are, are, are falling into the condition that Jesus told them to. And he said, whenever you do, you'll go and you'll be cleansed. And so far, they are. They're cleansed. They no longer have the disease leprosy. And then it says, long page, it says that, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Everybody try that. Say, praise God. Praise Amen. God. Just like that. And it says he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So this man, it was, he wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. And it says, Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He said, what a, I'm sure there might have been Jews, I don't know, but he said it was, it was the only one, this foreigner, so I'm going to assume that there were other Jews, but either way. It says, has anybody not come back to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. In another translation, it says, it doesn't just say your faith has healed you, but it says that your faith has made you whole. That, and I think, and I, and I believe the difference between the nine that got their healing and the one that came back and praised God is the nine were still missing fingers and were still having scars of all these things that leprosy had caused. But the one that came back to give praise and thanksgiving to God didn't just leave without the disease, but didn't leave with any of the, the effects that the disease had. It didn't, he left with all ten fingers. He left without his body scarred because that is the God. He's not just a God that wants to make you healed. He, he's a God that wants to make you whole. Amen. Amen. So all ten left the presence of Jesus without the, the disease, but only one came back and got completely and totally healed. You know, some people, they're like, man, you know, God healed me and he did all this and, you know, all that. But there's still this one thing that, you know, remains. Go and you, and, you know, my next question would be like, well, have you, have you gave God the praise and thanksgiving that he deserves for the healing that took place in your body? And, you know, if they say yes, well, keep on praising him because your answer is here. Praise him in faith. Praise him that he has already done it and watch it happen. And I don't, I'm not just saying this because, you know, oh, you, you've never, you've never been sick. I never see you sick. Well, you never see me sick because I don't say I'm sick, Okay. I walk in true confession, and, and I don't get sick anymore. Praise God. But all ten left. They all got healed, but only one came back and got whole. Because praise and thanksgiving doesn't just leave you healed, but it leaves you whole. And there will be nothing that, 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 that holds you back from that. Because that praise and thanksgiving brings you into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And in the fullness of joy is strength. Amen. So I'm just going to give you a quick recap, just really quickly. And so I'm going to go through, I'm not going to preach the whole thing again, don't worry, although we have enough time to. But, so I'm going to take you all through the point. Oh my gosh. So point number one, diligently hear the voice of God. So acknowledge him as God and live free from idolatry. Number two, live righteous in his sight. In other words, be godly in life and conduct as God himself would have you live. Number three, give ear to his commandments. In other words, listen to the commandments of God. And I don't know if I said this, but this isn't just talking about the Ten Commandments. But it's talking about the Bible. Now my notes are all out of order. Number two, or number four, it says to keep his statutes, in other words, to receive his regulations, to keep his regulations concerning religion and civil life and holiness to the same end in life that God himself is consecrated to, which is the highest life for all. Number five, have faith in God. Number six is 
to stay true to the confession of faith as well as taking actions to prove your faith. And finally, number seven, give God praise and thanksgiving. And you watch as, as that, that, that thing, that infirmity that could have been on you for, the, for all of your life, you watch as that very thing just disappears off your life because you fall under the conditions. Therefore, you receive the benefits that God has for you. It's his will that you live long. It's his will that you live healthy. It's his will that you prosper because that is the God that we serve. Man, I feel great. Hallelujah. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.